that's all you have to do is figure out the expectations and step across that boundary a little bit and make things great. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and today we have a special episode. I'm going to be talking to Matt Rouse from Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Hi, Matt. Hi. So, who are you? What do you do? So, you probably hear me on all of the episodes, but we don't have a guest today. And the reason for that is we wanted to take maybe a quick little break from guests. We have some fantastic guests coming up soon, but we wanted to take a quick break because we wanted to talk about something that seems to come up over and over and over. And that is about a combination of things like why do long-term customers leave businesses and also how do companies treat their new customers or existing customers differently. Mm -hmm. And you recently were talking about that at your business networking group also, Yeah. right? So yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about that and get into it? So we're going to call it today, I think, how to be better than fine, because it kind of works on both sides of the coin, right? Yes. So what do you mean by fine? Define it. What is it to be fine versus great or spectacular or something like that? So fine, I think, is the bar of basic service. So if... I go to a coffee shop or any place that sells coffee mm-hmm. and they have coffee, the kind of cream or sugar that I want, something to stir it with and a lid, it's fine. Right. I can go there and get a coffee. Somebody would be like, how's your coffee? I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Right? Right. But that bar is with anything, right? Somebody goes to get a website built and they, you know, the company says, okay, what are the things you want on your website? And we're going to use some stock photos and put stuff in and stick your logo here and put some words on it and be done. And you can be like, how's your new website? And you're like, that's fine, you know? Right. But there's nothing, you know, spectacular about it. There's nothing that sets it apart. That's right. Nothing right. is spectacular about fine. Right. So that that's kind of par for the course, right? Because a lot of places that you talk about, the service is fine. Restaurants, whatever the case is, the service is fine. But it's the very rare things where you hear that it was great or it was memorable or spectacular or something like that. So what can you do as a business owner? Let's start. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to the way you treat people differently when you're courting them, trying to get them to come and buy something from you versus how you treat them over time. Right. So when you're first courting a customer... (laughs) You talk to them, say, hey, how are your, how's the services with the company that you're currently with? Are they doing everything great? Or is everything working? Or is it just fine? And then you take that one step farther and be like, oh, great. Now, what, what is your budget? What are you paying for that? I can do that and do this a little more. So you're right. trying to take an extra step above and beyond what the current company is doing because their services may be fine. But you know what? For the same amount of money, I'll give you a little bit more. Something like that, right? Right. But so that dies down over time, doesn't it? Kind it of. does, and it dies down a lot, right? Okay. So I like to use the example of cell phone companies, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever switched cell phone companies? No. And you've been the same one forever? I've had the same cell phone company for 15 years. Okay. Why? <laughs> because the service is fine. It's fine. Yeah. What have they done for you lately? Mm, they've charged me more for the same amount of stuff. That sounds awesome. That's a bonus. Where can I I sign up for getting the same for more money? I just don't want to spend... Changing cell service is like 
buying a new car. So it's the cost of switching. It's the cost of switching. It's a it's sunken the cost. Pain of switching and the cost of getting new equipment and all the stuff that you have to do, right? Right. But when you go to a new cell phone provider, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll give you three months free and your first thousand dollar phone for only 99 bucks. And we're going to give you unlimited minutes and add on two family members and we'll give you a, a new scooter for whatever it takes to get you to sign on. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So they're going to like roll out the welcome wagon and do everything they possibly can, even lose money, generally lose lots of money to try and get you to switch. Right, because once you switch, you stay right. for 15 years. But then what do they do for you later? Charge you more money for the same service. Yeah, basically nothing, right? Yeah. So the only reason that they don't, I shouldn't say they don't have to, but they generally don't, same with your cable company or anyone else, mm-hmm. right, is that once they've got you, the pain of switching keeps you from switching. Right. But that pain of switching is less and less and less as kind of the internet and everything happens to business in general. Like I recently switched from Comcast to Frontier. I mean, I have limited choices, so I can only pick a couple of them, right? But the switch was a matter of take my existing equipment I have, stick it in a box, call Frontier. They send the guy out. He switches it over, swap out the router. I change some settings on my other router. Bam, all my computers are on all my phones. I got to retype in the password, mm-hmm. and it was done. Like, it was two hours to switch, right. right? That used to be a bigger deal, right, to switch providers. Yeah. Yeah, I got a good deal from them, but Frontier also now, and we don't work for Frontier or anything. This is just an example. Like, a year into my service with Frontier, basically, I just sent them a message, and I said, hey, you know, I want to check. I'm having some problems with some of my speed sometimes. Isn't that quick? And they sent a guy out, gave me some new equipment, blah, 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 blah. So they're still doing stuff for me mm-hmm. as a customer. Comcast never did shit for me. So, right. you know, nothing against Comcast, but for me <laughs> in the area I was in, they were terrible. So there's cost of switching, which is a reason a lot of companies use as an excuse right. to not treat their customers well, right? Mm-hmm. Problem is other businesses do the same thing, but there's no cost to switching. So a good example would be like, Let's say you have somebody who mows your lawn, right? Like a lawn maintenance company. Yeah. And they trim your trees or whatever, right? So unless you have a contract or something with that company to do it, like if it's a month-to-month kind of thing, the cost of switching is going on the internet, filling out a form, or calling someone to have someone else do it. Right. Like there's absolutely no cost to switching. So those people should be consistently trying to woo their customers over and over and over, Mm -hmm. right? At least, you know, partially as well as they tried to get a new customer. Right. The other thing is, it's way cheaper to get more sales and more revenue out of customers you already have who already pay you than it is to find a new one. It's like five times more expensive on average to get a new customer. So why wouldn't you want to spend the money trying to keep the ones you already have for longer? Right. Or increase sales from the ones you already have by treating them better. Right. Right. Versus trying to spend all that time and money to get new ones. True. So that goes along with, it's not so much treating them better, it's what are their expectations? And then going that extra step, right? Right. Because you want to make people feel special. And that something special can be super simple. It can be, hey, here's a thank you card 
just randomly. Thank you for sticking with us, you know, and it's been great. Here's a, you know, a discount if you let somebody know, whatever the case is, right? Something that extra step. So talking to your customers, talking to the people that you work with on a regular basis and actually finding out their expectations. Hey, when you came and found us, whatever business it is, what were your expectations? And just ask them point blank. Ask past customers, ask current customers. Past customers have a reason why they left or they stopped using your service. Current customers are with you for a reason. And then there are people that, you know, maybe you missed the sale on it. Maybe they called you and they were looking for something and they didn't get it for some reason, whatever that reason. Call those people and ask them. And a lot of them are going to tell you and be honest about it. They have no skin in the game. You know, they're just going to tell you, this is why I chose not to go with you and write those things down, get the expectations list. And then once you know what people expect or what they were expecting when they called you, then you can take that extra step and make them feel special. Right. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter. Like I said, a thank you card is one thing that you can do, but just calling them once a month or once every other month and just say, Hey, I just, I was thinking about you and I wanted to see how things were going. Communication is so important. It's massive. And the other thing is... And I know we've been guilty of this in the past too, right? I mean, everybody's busy and, and, you know, we can't always do everything that we try to do. But what we are trying to do is make it operational Mm -hmm. versus random. And random is I know I need to contact my customers. So when something comes up related to a specific customer, I'll be like, oh, I haven't talked to them for a while. So I'll shoot them an email or I'll call them or something. Right. Operational is I'm going to call my customer every 30 days. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to meet with a customer in person every quarter or, you know, whatever. It's different for every business, right? Right. And operational is like we're not just going to send our customers a card once a year on Christmas where everybody gets the same card and, you know, we just log in to send out cards and dump our CRM into it and say send. Right. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's way better than nothing, right? True. But better would be if I talk to them also regularly, If you take the extra step and find out when is their birthday, when is their anniversary, do you follow them? Are you friends on social media? Did they just have a relative pass away? You know, something like that. That's something Lori Bitter from Send Out Cards, she's friends with pretty much every one of her clients on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And if you have a life event that's great, not so great, hey, I was just thinking about you, whatever – your she pet sends you away a card or something and she'll send you a sympathy card and you know they're personal yeah. right and those personal touches really matter and also the opposite of that is when you have personal so there's there's automation for doing these things cuz obviously scale matters right it's a lot easier for us when we have you know a couple hundred customers to do it versus somebody who has a couple thousand customers true i have an old insurance agent that I used to get my car insurance through, they sold their agency to another agent, and that agent has an automated system that sends me a birthday card about a month before my birthday, so it's on the wrong date, and my name is spelled wrong. (laughs) So they send me a happy birthday Mark Rouse card every, I think it's October, and my birthday's in November, and (laughs) it's been going on for years. Am I ever gonna use that agent again? No. 
Because obviously they don't know me. There's no relationship. They don't give a shit, obviously. Right. Right? So why would I use them? It's negative marketing. It's anti-marketing. It's right? anti-marketing. But you're not telling – well, aside from right now, here's a kicker. That's not fine. You're not telling everybody about it necessarily. You might mention it to a couple of people when they right. send you the card with the Except wrong Except that name. I wrote a book about it that sold thousands of copies that it's in there. So there's that. But too. I didn't name them in it. But, but you know, the general saying. person, if the insurance agent sends them a card with the wrong name on the wrong day for a happy birthday – they're going to look at it, they'll be like, and they got it wrong again. And they're right. going to toss it in the trash and never mention it again. And that's the difference between fine and great. So make your customers love you in some way or another, right. right? So here's the thing. If you have tons of customers, let's say you have tens of thousands of customers, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have e-commerce store, retail store, something like that. Figure out who your top, say, 50 clients are or 100 clients are. Mm-hmm. And go through and see if you have a personal relationship with any of them to begin with, right? Because right. if you don't, you kind of want to start. And you could also go through and say, okay, well, if I can't send a card to my top 2,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 customers, maybe I could have a special event for my top 100 customers. And like, if my store closes at 5 p.m., if it's a retail store on Sunday, maybe one day I'm going to have a special shopping event from 5 to 7 for all my best customers. Yeah. Have some food, have some wine, whatever, right? You know, have some make an event out of it. Mm-hmm. Or it could be an online thing. So it could be like, we're going to have a clearance sale of all the product we need to get rid of kind of thing. I mean, you know, last year's models, or it could be like the month before Black Friday sale, right? We're only inviting our top 200 customers. Right. Here's a password to log in. If you're not on this list, you don't get a password. So there's ways that you can do it at scale. That is cool, mm-hmm. right? Because I'll tell you what, if my favorite like online store or retail store was like, hey, we're going to put this specific hobby item on sale for 50% off for our top 100 customers, I'd buy it. And I'd be like, well, they're thinking of me because we're only giving this to 100 people out of our thousands of customers and you're one of them. Yeah. Also, if you're a real estate agent, insurance agent, mortgage, any service-based, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be reaching out to people on a regular basis and can we go have coffee sometime? You got to eat. Can we go have lunch sometime, right? Right. You know, any of those things that you can do. If you something that comes across your email, a good trick for this, there's a email that you can get called Patch. Just Google it, right? And it's like a neighborhood email. So it has like local news and, and local events. Mm-hmm. And there's one for like every city and at least in the United States. I don't know about everywhere else. So it'll send me Hillsborough events. And if it's like the car show's coming up and I know David D'Angelo that sells cars, I'll like email and be like, hey, did you see they're going to have like an old car show in Hillsborough? Cool. Now we've made a connection. It took me two seconds, Mm -hmm. but he knows I'm thinking of him, right? And my customers are on my mind and it's a good way to stay in touch and build that relationship. Right. And relationship is a competitive advantage that no one else can take from you. Yeah. Yeah. Because people buy on emotion. Right. And they back it up with facts. Yes. So, you know, you you build that relationship, they're going to stick with you. Even if the service is quote unquote fine, you've got a relationship that's over and above what they expected when it first started. And, you know, now it's better than fine. Right. So that's all you have to do is figure out the expectations and step across that boundary a little bit and make things great. Right. Or, you know, good or whatever the case is. I had a guy, customer of ours, still a customer of ours. 
some other company was trying to woo him, right, and said, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we'll do all this extra stuff too, and, you know, we can come in, you know, 20% cheaper than they are and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, but if I have a problem, can I call you on Sunday night? And they're like, well, there's nobody in the office. And he's like, well, then I don't give a shit. Right. Right, because he's like, he knows he's got my cell phone, he can call me. Mm -hmm. And obviously if you're the CEO of a large company, you can't do that, but he's one of my best customers. He can call me whenever he wants. Right. Right? And- I don't have people, he's not calling me every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he calls me outside of business hours, maybe twice a year. But he knows that he can, right? It's almost like an open door policy. Right. And it's an expectation and a boundary that you've right. set. And he respects that work boundary that he only calls you when it's not a work day, yeah. when it's an extreme emergency. Yeah, and it's an actual emergency. Right. Not a my emergency is your emergency. It's when it's actually an emergency. And Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's also kind of comes with, you know, picking the right clients too, right? Right. And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. So what are three things that you as a business could do to maybe take that one extra step and take your service from being fine to great? So relationship isn't the only way to build better competitive advantage with people. One thing that I like to do is I basically make a chart on a piece of paper, I like handwrite it like old school. I just draw some lines down the page. You can't see me making the drawing motion in the podcast, but draw some lines down the page. And at the top of each section, you write every time a customer has some kind of contact or experience with your business. So everything from phone call to... Phone call, email, maybe they have a problem, like a support ticket, or they have like, they need to return an item or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. every time they're going to have contact with your company, and I want you to rate it on a scale of one to five. Okay. And then you draw a line and connect them all. And then wherever there's a low point, that's the thing you need to work on. Hmm. Sounds easy enough. It is. So now once you've done that, you know where the problems are. Right. So all you do is you go to the lowest one. So let's say it's when somebody tries to contact you for support, maybe they like go get your phone number right off your website, but the phone number goes to sales and not support. So then they have to get a new phone number. So then they got to call that phone number. And that when they leave a message and then somebody has to call them back and then they have to email them a support ticket. And you're like, okay, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send an email to all my customers with a list of support information so that they could directly access support by email. Right. And so it skips the extra steps of them trying to find the information, trying to call, whatever. I'm going to mail them a magnet they can stick on the side of their desk that has the support information. Hmm. So now you've moved that from, say, two out of five to, like, four out of five. Right. So now you go find something else, right? So that's one way that you can improve. Mm-hmm. Another way that you can improve is your follow-up. And the follow-up shouldn't be just after the first thing that you do with a client unless they only do one thing. Right. So if you're a realtor and you close on a house, I mean, you only need to do follow-up on that one sale. Right. But if you're a service provider, then you need to follow up, I would say, at least quarterly. Mm-hmm. And you want to sell the value. So you want to say, our company does XYZ for your company, 
or, you know, as a consumer, whatever it is, right? We do this for you. And because we do this, you get this benefit. And now you're selling the benefit and people can see it. They don't have any doubt about what you're doing and they stay longer, right? Hopefully right. forever. Hopefully. Right. And so that you can improve your retention by selling the value after the fact. Mm -hmm. A good example is if you do something like advertising and you have an automated reporting system where it just sends them reports every month or analytics for a website or whatever it is, once a quarter or maybe even once a month, write them an interpretation of what the report actually says. Boil it down for them. Because you know what people do with the reports? Open it, throw it away. Yes. They don't read them. Nailed it. Doesn't matter what industry, they don't read the reports. 90-something percent of people, I would guess, from this made-up statistic I just made up, don't read the reports. Right. So I was talking to, remember we interviewed Corey from iTrip a couple weeks ago? Yeah. When they mail out their statements to their clients, everybody looks at the number that's on the check, and they don't read the rest of the report, right? And that's for rental property. Same with property management companies. I had them say the same thing. One time he actually had somebody from a property management company had a, a place that owns a bunch of houses that they were renting out, right? And they're managing the houses and the tenants. And there was something that they were trying to get through. Uh, it was some legislative change that, so there was a fee or something associated with it. And then the guy calls in and he's like, how come I got to pay you more than I used to, right? And they're like, oh, it's in every statement. And he's like, I don't open those. Like, he doesn't even open the letter that has the statement in it. He just waits for the money to show up in his account. Right. Oh. So if you email them a couple sentences that explains what's in the report, right. now you're selling the value, right? And also it makes it so that they don't go, well, I just have tenants in my house and the tenants never leave, so why am I paying the management company? Right. But if you say, hey, I just want to send you a quick note and, you know, everything's cool with your property – I don't know if you saw it in the reports, but we had to fix the, you know, refrigerator last month. And we also have, you know, changed landscaping companies, which saved you 20% and blah, 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 whatever. Right. right. Just a quick breakdown. Right. And then the last thing would be to have a follow-up system that people are going to talk about. Uh, there's a good book. I think it's David Bear's book. It's called Talk Triggers. I also talked about that in my book, Start Saying Yes with the Popsicle Hotline. You know the story of the Popsicle Hotline from the hotel? When you go down to the pool, there's a red phone beside the pool. It says Popsicle Hotline. I like Popsicle. And you pick up the Popsicle Hotline, and somebody answers it, and they go, Popsicle Hotline, how can I help you? And they go, I need some Popsicles. And they go, okay, we'll be right there. And then somebody comes with a silver tray with like a silver cloche on it, wearing the white gloves and everything. And they open it up, and it has all the popsicles on it, and they can pick as many popsicles as they want for free. <laughs> and then they go back, and everybody online talks about the fucking popsicle hotline, right? They're like, oh, my God, I went there, and they had popsicle hotline. You can go look them up. They're in California. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. It's not the nicest hotel in the area, but it's the highest-ranked hotel in the area. Right. Because they have a popsicle hotline. And that's repeatable. It's repeatable. So it's not like it's a panda and a gimmick. Right. It's not like... You get a car. You get a car. It's inexpensive enough that they can do it all the time. Right. It's operational. So a good example is like if we do web design for a company, right? Mm -hmm. Then when we're finished, we send them a thank you card. 
We back up their website. We put it on a thumb drive. We send that to them so that they have it no matter what happens. And then also we'll make some videos. Usually you make the videos for them most of the time. Yep. And you walk them through. How do I log in? How do I update my website, right? How, how the basics of how it works. We don't have to do any of that. It's not in any of the documentation or anything that we are going to do that. We just do it. Yeah, because it takes a couple of minutes and they right. love it. So does it cost us more money? Sure. But do people talk about it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a benefit to them. It makes them remember us, it makes them talk to their friends and, and makes them more likely to refer us. And then when somebody asks them, well, you know, how is your new website? And they don't go, oh, it's fine. They go, well, we have this beautiful photograph on the front page that's a composite of 20 photos because we sold the value of our photographer that does composite photos. Right. Right. And then we followed up with them with that stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, they gave me a card. They gave me a copy of their book. They gave me this website backup and all these things. Right. So now they're not just fine. Right. Right. They're happy. They're excited. They love us. And when they want to do any more work or anything, right. They know where we are because we stay in touch with them. And they become a referral source. Right. So that's because we're contacting them on a regular basis. When's the last time that any of you had a website built or even heard of someone who had a website built where the people who built it called them 90 days later to ask them if it's still good? Right. Make sure everything's working. Right. Nobody. Send them a contact through the contact form. Right. Just say, hey, thought about you. I just wanted to make sure everything was working. Go ahead and respond to this when you get a chance. Exactly. Done. It's quick. It's easy. You're killing two birds with one stone, mm-hmm. making sure it works and touching base. So it's it's the simple things. When you're worried about your customers or thinking about your customers or just wanting to elevate the customer experience, going through and doing that little extra is going to make a world of difference. Yeah. And just before we wrap it up there, it's because... When you do, you, you spend all the time and money and energy to bring a new customer on board. And then after you've had them as a customer for a little while, you don't do any extra anything for them. You're not building that relationship. You're not doing anything. There's a thousand other companies that are lining up to try and steal your customer because they're spending their extra time and money to woo the customer up front because your old customer is their new customer. Wow. So if you are not whispering in your customer's ear, who out there is? Ooh. Well, on that note, Matt, thank you for talking with us and everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we talk with Elizabeth Borelli about driving business through LinkedIn. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.